everybody. I'm Scott Story, and welcome to my podcast, Despite the Limits. After more than 30 years serving in the Army Special Operations community, first as a Ranger and then as a Green Beret and finally in the Civil Affairs Regiment, I decided to retire, and I quickly learned that change was, well, hard. It was inevitable, but it was also doable. I created this podcast so we could walk through this journey together. After all, change is challenging no matter what the reason is, whether it's from a career shift or just the chaos of life itself. And if you're going to do it, you need to keep developing as a leader. My intent for this podcast is to help you navigate your own change through leadership development and realize that you can succeed despite the limits. So let's go. I love studying leadership and how it affects people. And the fact that you're listening to this podcast when you have so many other options out there tells me that you're at least a little bit interested in leadership too, and you want to develop your skills. Now, why is leadership so important? Well, because one is too small a number to achieve greatness. But our growth as a leader, or an individual for that matter, often takes us going through some form of a crucible. Now, a crucible is a pot in which substances are heated to very high temperatures and metals are melted to create an alloy. But a crucible can also be defined as a place or a situation in which people are tested severely. Here is where true leadership is forged. One of my first crucibles occurred in the jungles of Panama following Operation Just Cause. It was February 1990, about six or seven weeks into our deployment. The president, George H.W. Bush, declared combat operations over, and troop strengths were reduced to pre-invasion levels. But my battalion of the 7th Infantry Division's 3rd Brigade remained behind conducting cordon and search missions to find Panamanian Defense Forces that had fled. It was a hot afternoon when my company commander summons me on the radio to give my platoon a new mission. We were to insert into a landing zone near a remote village at sundown, and then at dawn we were to enter the village and secure it and search for Panamanian soldiers who had deserted in the previous month's fighting. Now, this would require two helicopters to each make two trips transporting about half the platoon to the landing zone, something routine that we had done numerous times before, but this night was different. The helicopters were late to pick us up, and, and so I quickly made the final coordination with the air crew, and then I boarded with the first wave of my platoon. As we were flying, some bad weather began to roll in, forcing the crew to drop us at the wrong location. We waited all night for the next lift to bring the rest of the platoon, but they never arrived. And this was all before satellite communications were, were around for a global level of discussion. So the next morning, my radio operator and I, well, we marched to the high ground to establish FM radio contact with our higher headquarters. We could not broadcast, but we were able to hear my platoon sergeant and he was talking to the battalion commander. Now keep in mind, this was my second talking to my boss's boss. The colonel's words made my blood run cold. Take the men that you have remaining and comb the beach looking for wreckage. So I knew something bad had happened, but I wasn't exactly sure of what it was. And it seemed like a lifetime before other helicopters came to carry us back to the company staging area. The pilot informed me that one aircraft not directly involved in our lift crashed, killing its pilot and my company commander, but he had no words on the others. We flew for about another 20 minutes before landing and being met by my platoon sergeant. There we learned that not only had the captain's aircraft gone down, 
but a second aircraft with five of my men remained unaccounted for. This was the first of many crucibles I've endured in my military career, and it taught me that the stakes of leadership, whether it was for military missions or really otherwise, they're high, and it shaped the way that I lead people to this day. I learned several lessons through this experience, quite a few actually, but, but tonight I want to share just three with you. In his book, Becoming a Person of Influence, noted leadership expert John Maxwell explains that leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Let me pick up my Panama story from the point where we landed in the company assembly area and we linked up with the remainder of our unit. The third platoon leader was in command of the company because he was senior, and he briefed me on what information they actually had. We knew that the commander and the pilot he was with had been killed instantly in a crash, and the whole company was to rest for the night and prepare to be reinserted into the jungle to conduct search and rescue operations in the morning. The uncertainty of what had happened to our teammates was brutal, and it would be two more days before we learned our platoon mates and the crew piloting their aircraft flew full speed into the side of a mountain, killing all of them instantaneously. I have to admit, it was a challenge to lead these men. The non-commissioned officers had been with the soldiers since their arrival in the division, and the soldiers had been together since basic training. They had four arduous years of training bonding them together. Why, I only had joined them a few months earlier with less than a year in the Army. How could I get them to follow me on a mission that was uncertain? A mission that we knew was likely to end poorly. How do you establish trust at a time like this? Well, former Notre Dame football coach Lou Holtz said, You do what's right. Do the best you can and treat others the way you want to be treated because they will ask you three questions. Number one, can I trust you? Number two, are you committed? And number three, do you care about me as a person? And so that's what I did. I recognized the impact of the loss and the challenge of pressing forward despite it. I didn't back away from the emotions, but I didn't let them freeze us in our tracks either. By the grace of God, I was able to empathize with my soldiers while letting them know the answer to each of those three questions was an unequivocal yes. You can trust me. I am committed to you and the teammates we are searching for, and I care about you as a person. It was this mission that made me as much a member of the team as if I had been with them since day one in basic training. Leadership is influence. It's nothing more or nothing less. The next thing I learned is that a leader does what is right for the group, even if it isn't right for them individually. To phrase this another way, true leadership is servant leadership. When we assembled together with the remainder of the platoon before we knew the fate of our teammates, we began to prepare for search and rescue operations. I established the priorities of work for the evening, and I told my platoon sergeant to have the men clean their weapons, to eat, to shave, and then go to sleep. And he said, sir, the men need to rest. They can shave later. Now, we had been out for several days at this time, and we were looking pretty rough. And I've always believed that a good soldier shaves every day, and I wanted to remedy how bad we looked quickly. And I explained my reasoning to Sergeant Garcia, but he stood firm. The men need sleep more than they need to shave. Now, frankly, he was right. And as I reflect on that moment now, it was my personal desire for normalcy in a stressful moment that was driving me to want to personally shave and therefore require my soldiers to do the same. But there was no compelling reason for the men to shave. 
a leader does what is right for the group, even if it's not right for them individually. Now, you have to stick to the important issues. You put people before production because if you reach your goals and everyone hates you, you'll never reach your goals again. I'm not saying you let people slide with bad action. I'm just saying that you must care about them. This is the essence of servant leadership. One other key lesson I learned was in the midst of any crucible, take note of the pleasant moments. Because there will be some. Earlier I mentioned taking my radio operator to the high ground in an attempt to make radio contact with my higher headquarters. When we got to the top of the hill, tired from the climb and soaked with sweat and rain from the night before, we came across a small shack with an old woman tending a fire. I'm pretty sure she had never seen an American soldier before. And she didn't speak English, and we didn't speak Spanish, so our initial contact was, well, awkward to say the least. But I think she took note of our pitiful condition, and she quickly placed a small pot of water on the fire. And once it came to a boil, she threw in some coffee grounds and about a six-inch stalk of raw sugar cane. A few minutes later, she handed me the best cup of coffee I had ever had in my life. Now, it may have been because I was tired or because I was so stressed, but to this day, I remember that cup of coffee. You see, in every tough leadership challenge or crucible, there's going to be pleasant moments. And when you take time to notice them, they will often pull you through. Now, over the span of my military career, I have filled a lot of different roles, and I've been through multiple crucibles. And the lessons I learned beginning with a stormy night in Panama have shaped the way I lead people regardless of the situation. Now, I learned more over those few days and, and even through the years, but, but these three things are key for us today. So as people who lead others, we must not forget. Leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. True leadership is servant leadership. And take note of the pleasant moments. Now, not all crucibles are life and death, but they often feel like they are. I think that's why so many people avoid leadership. But it's also why I want to come alongside you in your journey to become a better leader. One is too small a number to achieve greatness. As I get ready to close, I ask you that if this content is resonating, will you leave a comment or like and subscribe wherever it is you listen to your podcasts? Hey, if you're interested in having me speak to your group or even one-on-one -on -one coaching, I'll leave a link in the description so you can check out my website. That's a wrap on episode two of Despite the Limits. And always remember that challenges make life interesting. Overcoming them makes it meaningful. You can succeed despite the limits. Until next time.